My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning, good afternoon. This is Anna Scott and my love of life energy. And today I have a delight. Um, I love it when life brings me somebody new and I don't know anything about them and I begin to get to know them and then I fall madly in love. And that has been my experience. Yesterday, um, a woman who I interviewed on this podcast, Lori Clemens, said to me, she said, oh my God, you have got to meet Lori Polly, Laura Polly." And she's this amazing chef. And I got to eat one of the recipes that Lori learned from you. So it is an honor and delight to have you here. Just a true blessing. So welcome. Thank you so much. The honor is mine. Mm. So we we talked for a brief and I I moment yesterday and we talked about the beauty of food and you had a wild story about it, but I, I'm really curious, what is it that you understand about cooking and food? What is it that you love about it? Oh gosh. What, what, what brings me absolute profound joy is, um, is bringing people together around the table. And, and that's what food does. If we think about uh, the memories of our childhood um, the ones that stand out are probably the ones around a table or where there's food involved. So it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or or Hanukkah or Fourth um, of July barbecue or a Memorial Day picnic. Um, there's there's usually food involved, and and it, it it brings people together. And there's something magical about that. And and how did you fall in love with it? So I, I always say that I, I burned water. I, I literally, I've, I've literally melted a couple pots in my time. Um, I, I did not know how to cook, uh, even though I, I am a descendant of two. Uh, my mother and my grandmother uh, are two of the most spectacular home cooks you'll ever meet. They, they rival any Michelin chef. But um, so I never, but they never taught me how to cook. And uh, it was. Um, fall of 1997. And well, before that, my repertoire was basically bagels, uh, lentil soup and white rice. That was <laughs> my culinary ability. And, and that Christmas, Christmas of 97, I, I, I'd been engaged and I canceled the wedding. It was in September. And, and, and that just sent me spiraling. And that Christmas, I'd always wanted to take this class at home chef. It was a little cooking school and cooking store in San Francisco. And that Christmas, I gave myself the gift of a 10 week cooking class. I thought I've always wanted to learn how to cook. And I just knew I needed to do something kind for myself because it had been a pretty harrowing year. And that first class I took, I just, I fell in love with it. Um, The Mm. team, I remember her to this day, Louise Levy, she was amazing and she brought food alive. And, and it, ultimately led me to go to cooking school. When you, when you say that she, I, um, she brought food alive. What does that mean? That is such a beautiful, like, I've never heard that before. What does that mean to you? Um, she, she, oh gosh, good question. She brought, how do I word this? She brought the, the beauty of it 
out the the miracle of it out and and how delicious and transforming a meal can be and um she made it fun and you just said something that like my mind my my mouth is dropped open <laughs> and you said she brought the miracle of food out and I've, again, I've never heard that. What does that mean to you? Because that is like mic drop beautiful. Thank you. I've never said that before. Um, it, so it, when you really think about food, when you think about a lettuce leaf and you think about the miracle of it, it's, it's a little tiny seed that grows into this beautiful plant that nourishes our body. And you multiply that by a million um, Really, one of the one of the reasons I fell in love with cooking, uh, with cook, going to cooking school, I was at a cooking class led by Alain Sayac, and he was the dean at the French Culinary, and he was teaching a class, and he held up this cranberry bean, um, you know, it's those white beans with the little red speckles on them, and they're so beautiful, and he held up this bean, and he, it, it was like he was holding up a child, <laughs> and and he did, talked about this bean in the most loving terms, and. I just I fell in love with the bean. I fell in love with him. I fell in love with cooking school. The idea of going to cooking school and and Louise did that too. I mean, if we really stop and and get mindful about the food on our plate, it's truly a miracle. Um, who would have thought to pull up these green leaves with little red streaks in them and pull up and there's a beet and and then we cook that beet and it nourishes our body. And you can saute the beet leaves. I mean, there's there, there's life in in food in plants, and and unfortunately, our society is so detached from that. Um, uh, and I'm I'm going to blank Wendell Berry, the author from Kentucky. He in his book, it all turns on affection. He and this was 50 years ago, so it's even more prescient today. But we've lost that connection with the land. We don't know where our food comes from, and we we don't even think about what goes into it. Um, I think, hopefully, I think the pandemic showed us that those people in the field are really are really what kept this country from falling into complete anarchy. <laughs> because if we hadn't had those workers in the field picking the food and getting them to the grocery store, um, it would have been complete chaos. And and so for me, it's and I know this is a making a, a, a long answer longer, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's getting back to being grateful for the food on our table and grateful for all the hands that, that contributed to getting it to our table, the farmer, the migrant worker, the person packaging it, the person getting it to the grocery store. Um, and the, like the chicken, like that, 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 chicken, that was a living animal. And it gave its life, not willingly, but it gave its life to nourish me. And 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 I think the least, the very least we can do is just stop and just take a moment. Not a, we don't have to do a big ritual. Um, you know, just take a moment and acknowledge it, and and be grateful for for this food on our on our table that's nourishing our body. I'm I'm holding my hand and my heart hmm. since you started talking. Thank you. Because I feel the reverence mm -hmm. for it all, like the miracle and the reverence and like whatever this larger intelligence is that does all this for us and then creates all these people like we're all in the system 
and you just named it all like we're we're not these silos we're so connected to everything right and most people don't see that and that's that's the 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 tragedy in all of this because there is so much joy when i when i started getting mindful about the meal on my plate in front of me and acknowledging it, it it was it was it was viscerally i could i could feel it viscerally um when I acknowledged the food I was eating and I, I was very mindful, I tasted it. I, I sat down, I set a beautiful placemat and I put flowers on the table and I sat down and I, and I ate it and I tasted it and I acknowledged it and I appreciated it. At the end of that meal, I felt a, a satisfaction that I had never felt before. I felt so completely nourished and I felt so grateful. And it, it was a it was a transformative experience. You know, I, I can tell right away when I stand at the counter and inhale something, which you know was my mo, um, you know, for the previous fifty some years of my life. Um, and when I now I can catch myself and say, "Whoa, that did not feel good." Oh wow! So. Wow, I I um, the other thing that I feel in your speaking is, is this is pointing to the oneness of life. Absolutely. And the beauty of it. There's so much beauty if we just stop and look. Um, I think it's a, it's a, um, a chronic disease in our country and especially in <laughs> the Bay Area where it's just go, 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 make money, make money, make money. And we're, we're ramping it, you know, 20,000 RPMs. And, and we just, we don't give ourselves the, the permission to just stop and be mindful for a moment. And I finally did, or I should say me, I, uh, the collective we, um, when I just stopped and paused, it's that, that magical pause. Um, I'd never paused in life. I was, I was in fight or flight my whole life. Um, Adrenals ramped, <laughs> and <laughs> and when I stopped and paused, that's where the miracle comes in. That's that's where, you know, God, the universe, Oprah, <laughs> can come in and 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 show you just how much beauty there is in the world. Mm. Oh my gosh! And then you, the other thing that I, um you're speaking to is that you can feel it like our bodies can feel the beauty they can feel the nutrition they can feel the fullness right right our bodies will never lie to us our head will our head will tell us anything we want to hear and it will rationalize everything 100 ways till tuesday but our body will never lie to us and that's one thing i've started really going to in the last year and a half is if I make a decision or, um, or, or I go to my body and say, you know, take a moment, close my eyes and breathe and say, how does this feel? And I've had some extraordinary people model that behavior to me. And, um, and, and, and so I've started to incorporate it and your body won't lie to you. Your body will tell you, um, when it's not happy, <laughs> your body will tell you when you're about to make a, a not great decision. Um, and your body will, well, thank you when you nourish it and 
you know, take care of it. I mean, I'm calling it radical self-care because in our, in our society, taking care of yourself is probably the most radical act we can do. Um, especially as women, you know, I was raised to put everyone else first and I'm far down at the bottom of the totem pole. Um, so taking that moment and, and putting ourselves first and taking care of ourselves, true self-care is about as radical as we can get these days. There, there was a teacher of mine, Wendy Palmer, and she said, the best thing you can do for others is take care of yourself. Amen, Wendy. <laughs> And the other thing about the body listening, when I, it's interesting that you're talking about this and the memory that just came up is I was a bulimic as a girl mm. and how I stopped was, I remember vividly thinking, well, this is stupid. I'm going to go, I just spent this money. I'm going to go throw it up. And I know that was, that wasn't, it. it was when I lost weight, it was like 80 pounds overweight or 60 pounds. And I decided that I could eat anything I wanted, but I would listen until I was full. Mm, right. And I found that this system knew when it was full. It does. It's amazing. And it knows what it really wants and craves. Mm -hmm. And what it what it needs. Mm -hmm. If you're craving a hamburger, you're probably um, you know, you need that protein or you need that iron. If you're it was it, funny in front of the fridge last night, and um I had this big part of jar of pickled vegetables and I was about to open the freezer and go for the Ben and Jerry's and my body was, but my body said, no, I want, I want some broccoli, which, you know, if you told me that two years ago, I would have said you're crazy. Yeah. But, I know. Isn't that crazy? Like you, and you could feel it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is wild. Now, one of the things that you said yesterday that, I mean, it just rocked my world. It is state, <laughs> it stayed with me and it was about that the body can't digest food. Like we have to relax when we eat. Is that, isn't that what you said? Uh, physiologically, when we eat, in order to consume food, our guard has to come down. If you think about it, if you're in fight or flight, when you're really stressed, like over the edge stressed, you can't eat. Um, and, 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 you can't, and you won't digest your food well. And, um, and so that our body physiologically, that, that fight or flight, that guard comes down. And, and that is the way that we can really um, ingest our food and have it really truly nourish our body, which is why it's so important to not stand at the counter or eat at your desk or, um, you know, if you can just sit down even for 10 minutes at the table and, and eat. When I first moved to France, my, my flatmate, Pierre, I was, it was the first week I was there. And of course I was at the counter eating lunch or something. And he grabbed my plate and he brought it into the dining room and he said, sit down and eat. <laughs> I was like, I am eating. He's like, sit down and eat. And he put on music. And I, I mean, it, it was, it was mind blowing. God, what an experience, like the difference, the contrast between the visual image of those two is profound it is and to your really? earlier huh? no go ahead um to your earlier point i was bulimic for years um you know starting in college and uh, it was really until i went to uh cooking school and i thought now maybe i can have a uh 
a functional relationship with food as to, as opposed to such a profoundly dysfunctional relationship with food. You know, I, I've, I've numbed myself my entire life with food. That was my mm. trigger. You know, as soon as an emotion came up, I, I had to suppress it and I numbed it with food um, or distraction or, you know, pick your, pick your poison. I mean, that's really where addiction comes in, but um, you know, it's that numbing of the feeling and um, that's what, that's what food was. And so I numb and then I feel guilty and then I throw up and it's just, it's such a vicious cycle. And, um, and so really I was, it was one of the, one of the miracles of cooking school for me as well is that I could finally have a, have a healthy relationship with food, if you will. Oh God. I, I, that like, I, I, I just warms my heart because I think about like the bigger issues that we're pointing to is that women, mm. like we weren't enough and we had to be a certain way. We didn't know who we really are. Like the culture was telling us we were less than. Everything in our culture pointed to that. I mean, we're, so then if we got love, we had to look a certain way or get certain bodies. Right. We, a good friend of mine, Shelly Paxton, always says, stop shitting all over yourself. Um, it's a, uh, you know, it's a it's a rainstorm of shoulds raining down on us. You should do this. You should look like that. You should you should you should. And I always say my entire life up until I was 38, I was the pinball in the pinball machine, and every everyone else was pulling the levers. Yeah. Dress like this, say this, do this, talk to that person. Everybody else um, was pulling the levers except for me. And it was really when I when I went to cooking school that it, it was such a visceral feeling. I. I I felt I could feel myself grabbing those pinball levers and 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 saying basically like step aside motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm pulling the levers now. And uh, <laughs> wow. You said something and um in the beginning of this about the lettuce. And what I love to point to, and it's what you pointed to, is that there's this intelligence that makes all of life. Mm -hmm. And it's in the lettuce, and it's in us, it's in every human being. And what I'm hearing is that the more you've cooked food, you're falling more and more into this intelligence and seeing the intelligence in the food and how it impacts this connection to the body. Is that correct? Like, because you're doing this health class. Absolutely. Uh, you know, our, our society is so dependent on pills and we gravitate right away to take a pill to fix something. When I was in France, I, I had to have emergency surgery. And after uh, a, a couple of weeks after surgery, I went to see the surgeon and I said, I'm so exhausted. I, all I want to do is sleep. And, and he said, for lunch and dinner, have a piece of fish. And after each meal, have a square of dark chocolate, not a bar like you Americans eat, a square of dark chocolate. And I, I laughed. I said, what, no prescription for uppers? Come on. <laughs> what kind of a doctor are you? <laughs> and, and he said, no, the food will heal you. And that was, that was, the, that was the seed of that that, that was planted. And it, it was mind-blowing to me. My flatmate in Paris, Pierre, 
after every meal, he would just, he, he had his bars of chocolate. And after every meal, he'd have one or two little squares of dark chocolate. You know, here we order like the, the piece of mud pie the size of our head. <laughs> you know, there they have just a little <laughs> chocolate. And that's all you need. It's just when you really have a really good piece of dark chocolate, that that's all you need. I mean, it, 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 it just, it's, it's like the, the crescendo to, to a beautiful symphony. Um, but but the power of this intelligence, because that's what I'm really about, is this intelligence. And what you're pointing to is that this intelligence will heal you if you listen. If you listen. Um, I've been working with these two doctors the last two months. Um, and in our teachings, we we really get down to the science behind illnesses. You know, everyone says, oh, my God, you got to get your inflammation down. Oh, you have to meditate. It's like, well, tell me why. I'll do it if you give me a good reason why. I want to know why. I want to know what's happening. And so they really explained exactly what inflammation is and exactly what causes it and what are the foods that we need to eat. And on top of that, what's the lifestyle we need to maintain to cure ourselves? Um, I believe the number, don't, don't, uh, Call me on this, but um, I believe the number is 80% of type 2 diabetes is, is lifestyle-based. Wow. And, I would believe that. And 40% of cancers is lifestyle-based. And I mean, that's just, it's massive. And if we can just stop and, and really look at what we're putting in our body. I mean, we're putting poison in our body day after day after day. And, and here our body is working overtime to keep us going. And we're just abusing it and abusing it and abusing it. And, um, you know, why not cherish it and nourish it? Oh my God. And what's, I just, when you, I just, I can just feel the celebration of it. Mm -hmm. The way that you're speaking about it, what's I'm feeling in the background is the celebration you have this body, you get to be in it and you get to celebrate and enjoy it and, and the pleasures of it. Absolutely. I mean, this is the only body we got. <laughs> we better take, <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, food is, is truly miraculous. I mean, our food and our body, there's, there's not a lot of one helps the other. And, you know, just learning a few things, eat these, eat greens, eat fruits, eat vegetables, eat the rainbow and um, our, our body will respond so quickly, um, you know, and, and exercise and mindfulness and meditation. Um, I had a, a mindfulness expert come on, a world uh, mindfulness leader around the world, and he travels around working with people in, who've, who are in um, uh, societies that have been hit by gun violence. So, and he'll go in and he works with them to help them heal through meditation, through mindfulness. And, you know, the, what meditation can do to our body is, is remarkable. And so I said to him, you know, come tell us the science behind it and, um, and learning that, like there's a, there's a breathing exercise. It's the four five, seven breath. And actually Ted Lasso refers to it in his show, um, <laughs> all the Vegas breathing and it's V-A-G-U-S, not Vegas, like Las Vegas. That would, that would definitely not calm us down. Um, it's called the Vegas breathing and it's in for four, hold for seven, out for eight. And it, it, um, I don't know the, 
I don't have the exact medical uh, waterfall of the the responses, but it, it triggers our vagus nerve, which um, hits our parasympathetic. And I know I'm saying the wrong words, but it's, um, but it it physiologically goes to our heart and it calms us down and it slows our breathing. Yeah. And and so there there's there's the scientific proof behind meditation it calms us down it brings us down it, it helps us center and and be present I and mean, my whole life i lived um you know tripping about the future and pissed off about the past <laughs> <laughs> and um if we can just bring ourselves to the present give ourselves the present of being present and um and and just take that in yeah, one of um, I, I came across this understanding, and it's called the three principles, and it's the same thing, and it's put me on this long journey. And what I learned is our nature is present, and the only thing that takes us out is our wild thinking that we make up, that you talked about, that we can make up anything, and our body feels our thinking. Right. Our emotions are just my thinking coming through me, like wild storms. Exactly. Exactly. And now that I understand, I'm like, oh, I have such a, um, it's like when you get off sugar and like your body has to detox, it's like I had to get the taste of what presence feels like. It's like getting the taste of what a good salad tastes like, home, like greens that are just from good earth. It's that muscle memory we need to build in our, in our brain as well as our body, but it's, it's our brain, it's that muscle memory. Well, I think it's our nature. I think that we we get a taste for it. Like I, what I love about food is after you taste really good food, you don't want to go back. Like right. after you, my favorite thing is after you've had a great pizza, like made from dopa or something like that, unfortunately closed, but like really, yeah, you know, the oven and the fresh tomato sauce, fresh homemade mozzarella, you're not going to go back to Domino's because it wouldn't make sense. Right. And I think that's the gift of good food is you begin to feel your true nature. Right. We come back to who we are. Yeah. And that's the gift of it. And then when you put the care, like I can, Lori made a couple of your recipes, the scallop dish. Was it scallop? I don't forget which one. It was one of those two, but it was one of the best. And she made it with farro. It was one of the best meals I've ever had. Oh, that's so beautiful. And she totally, but the care, I can feel the love and care that you put into your recipes and your food. And I'm feeling that. You know, I always say if it's cooked with love, it's always delicious. Mm -hmm. What was the movie Water for Chocolate? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) I have that image of the scene at the end where he he thinks it's bad, but no, it's it's a gift. Mm -hmm. You know, what it feels like, what I, oh God, what I just saw on you, holy schmoles, it's here's this nutrition, this energy of nutrition, this aliveness met with the true aliveness of of me coming together to co-create something so much bigger. Absolutely. Food is alive and it keeps us alive. But there's an alchemy. Yeah. Like what's it called? Nuclear, nuclear fusion. (laughs) Oh my God. I've never seen that before. 
And that's what explains one time somebody, I saw somebody making a burrito and, and I saw her mood and it was the worst burrito I ever had in my life. Mm. It, it, it goes, the French have a saying, and I, I, I can't remember what it is in French, but we, um, we cook with our fingertips, meaning that what's inside comes through our fingertips into the food. And it doesn't lie. You can taste it. Absolutely. You know, my, oh my gosh. The way I tell my, my friends, I love them as I cook for them. And, you know, that's my, that's my love language. God, you have lucky friends. <laughs> there must be, must be applications. <laughs> um, we are coming to the end of our time, which I can't believe. And I want to make sure that people find you, they connect with you, and they get they get to experience your gift and what you bring to the world. How do they do that? How do Thank they find you? you? So much. I you can find me on my website. It's Cucina Testarosa, which is C-U-C-I-N-A-T-E-S-T-A-R-O-S-S-A dot com. It means the Redhead's Kitchen. When I was little, my my grandfather used to call me Testarossa, and um, and so now that's my excuse for dyeing my hair is that I've got to keep it red because that's the name of my business. <laughs> so, um, so that's where you can find me. Um, I'm teaching classes starting this Sunday, Sunday evening. I'm calling it Sunday Soul Supper. I've always loved Sunday evening suppers, and so I want to bring that out to the world. And just an easy one meal, hour and a half class. Um, we'll talk about, I always teach techniques as opposed to recipes, because if you can learn a technique, you can cook anything that way. So if you learn how to poach, you can poach chicken, fish, pears, eggs. If you learn how to roast, you can roast anything. So I teach technique and I also um, bring in the health behind it. And we're also going to do a little mindfulness and a little meditation um, because that's, it's a soul supper. So let's get in touch with our soul. So I'm starting those every Sunday, four o'clock Pacific time. And those are on that website as well. Wonderful. And all of this will be linked in the bio. So you can find her and it's a gift. Absolute gift. Thank you. I can't thank you enough for being with me today. Oh, it's been an honor. Thank you so much. Okay.